Hey guys, this is Texas Slim with Texas Slim's Vision. How are we doing today? Today we're going to go straight into something that I've been wanting to talk about. And uh, it's gonna be about the Texas Beef Initiative, how we're going to be basically be able to onboard customers and suppliers, producers, everybody. I was able to meet a guy this past week. His name is Michael. He is co-founder of Oshi. He is in Austin, Texas now. He's down there on 6th Street at 7th and Brazos. And I think we all know what that location is. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about it. But I wanted you to introduce you to uh, Michael. And we're going to go straight into this. Hey, Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great, Slim. Happy to be here, man. Hey, hey uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you. We've had some really good conversations. And, you know, I came across Oshi. And I've been doing the Texas Beef Initiative. And Kyle, Kyle Murphy got us together and we had a quick meeting through Zoom. Uh, we started talking, you shared some information to me. And I really enjoyed uh, reading your ethos and basically what you're trying to accomplish. That's why I wanted to have you on today because, you know, I'm heading to Austin and we're gonna, you know, everybody's gonna be hearing this podcast after I'm in Austin, after I'm on Marty Bent's podcast. So it's kind of pre-recorded, but it's gonna have a good message for everybody to grab a hold of over the weekend. And uh, so what I want you to do is kind of tell us a little bit about you, where you come from and, Give us a little vision into Oshi, how it started, and where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was born in Lubbock, um, moved to Dallas, uh, the suburbs. Uh, lived there pretty much my my whole life. I uh, had a pretty normal life, middle class family. Uh, went to college, uh, then then I became a, a travel nurse actually. So I uh, you know I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I initially got my business degree. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I just haven't found that thing that I'm passionate about yet. Um, so I kind of searched for that thing. I said, you know, I'm going to become a travel nurse. I'm going to work three days a week and spend four days a week just finding that thing that makes me tick, right? Like finding that passion. And in 2017, I stumbled across Bitcoin and then of course all the shit coins. But by like mid 2018, I was really like falling deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. So, so they say thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of, of learning, you know, podcasts, articles, everything, right. Um, you know, I am, I am deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and there's no end in sight. So I started, uh, I got the idea for Oshi in like late 2018, uh, because, you know, I was talking with so many people about Bitcoin and I realized that most people just didn't care. <laughs> so I was right. like, man, how do I reach these people? You know, I'm telling friends and family about it. No one really cared. Uh, you know, eventually, and at this point, obviously, you know, they, they changed their tune. But uh, I wanted to find a way to reach people, like a way that was practical, a way that was economical. Uh, because what I'm seeing at this stage, while all these articles and you know, podcasts and videos are so informative and so good. Um, if they're not, there's no action attached to it. Um, most people just aren't gonna like get that pull and that draw in. And we have to start showing people. So sure. she was, was a way to show people how Bitcoin can transform and empower your community. Let's talk about what OSHI stands for. Sure. At the end of the day, OSHI is local. There you local. go localism you know there you go. there's a there's a lot of different things you can do with it effectively it is a local marketplace 
um, operating on lightning rails. You know, it's, it's lightning native, node agnostic. If you're, you know, whatever lightning service provider you're using, we'll, we'll plug right into you. Um, you know, we have a variety of businesses, uh, you know, onboarded that are selling local products and services um, and issuing Bitcoin rewards. So what we're trying to do is create, you know, a little Bitcoin beach in every single city across America, across the world, show people you know, what it can do. That's awesome. Uh, I, I love the word local. I think that's what we need as Bitcoiners to quit trying to solve the world's problems. And we need to, you know, as they say, get the side of our side of the street cleaned up first and then get it productive. And it seems like that's exactly your approach with Oshi, because if we're not getting local adoption, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. But if we get local adoption a million times over, then we're we're moving somewhere. And you know, we live in a we live in the in the web. We live in a <laughs> in the cloud. We live in a virtual world. And I think a lot of people have really truly forgotten what localization truly means. I think your I think Oshi is going to be a good way to help define localism again. I remember in my younger days when I was in Austin, we always bought local. It was a big thing in Austin back then. They don't really do it as much now because Austin, you know, has so many different corporations. Whenever I first moved to Austin, I was 18, 19 years old. It was all about local product, all local produce. That was when Whole Foods was a little grocery store. You know, if, if anybody can ever believe that, it was. It was on 9th and Lamar. And, uh, you know, still had that building still there, I believe. And uh, it used to be. And it had the flood sign on it because it's on Shoal Creek. But it was about localism. Austin was great about localism. And here you are. Several years later, you're in Austin, Texas, and I think what's going on in Austin right now, the Bitcoin community, going to learn to be local again and to really empower that term and basically be the, the, uh, the leader and kind of set the new standard. So you just got to Austin, correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I just got to Austin. Um, you know, I just happened to catch Kyle Murphy, you know, on Twitter. And uh, he was talking about the Austin Bitcoin Club, and I was like, "Hey, let me let me reach out to this guy and like see what he's up to." Like, I, I don't remember what I saw. I think I listened to one of his podcasts, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, I like what this guy's doing in Austin." Like, let me tell him what I'm doing. So you know, we just kind of got together, and um, I had always known that that Austin is, is slowly becoming the you know the Bitcoin mecca right. of the world, and. Um, I didn't need a whole lot of reasons to move down, but you know, Kyle chatted with me and he's like, here's what we're doing. Here's, and I'm, you know, here's how we're going to do it. And I'm like, man, that is, we're on the same page here. And so I moved down there uh, a few weeks later to move down here to Austin a few weeks later. And, you know, I'm here and we're just trying to try, trying to keep Austin local. I there suppose. you go. Well, that's where we're going to start. I think that's the smartest place to start. The brain trust in Austin is amazing. Uh, there's so so much energy in Austin. It, it's always like that. It's a very transitory city, but it not it never any time is it not uh, have a lot of energy going through that city. That's what makes it so vibrant and ever changing and progressive and good and bad ways. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it, it it does have an energy that you can grab a hold of, and it, it really 
you can get a lot of momentum. I remember whenever I was, whenever I was younger, I got to Austin, I got in with a startup company and, you know, we were a software company that was started on $1,500. There was three people in an apartment there in Austin, Texas. And then that startup ended up selling for a half a billion dollars within 24 months. So that type of energy is always available in Austin. So, you know, I hope that you're going to be able to bring that and um, let's paint a picture of somebody that goes to Oshi right now. And uh, let's paint them a roadmap for what we can expect. Basically, you would like for it to be, let's say in the next six months, what are we doing here? So I guess um, I'll tell just a little bit of a, of a backstory. Sure. Uh, first. So whenever I was building Oshi, I was trying to figure out what the best way is to actually sell this to businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, again, a way that's just practical and economical for them. I don't have to convince them about inflation or central banks or, you know, digital gold. Like I don't have to, I shouldn't have to convince them about any of that. I should just show them how efficient it is for them to use it and how it can empower their business. Right. If I can sell them on that, the rest will fall into place. Um, So I started in in Redding, California. Uh, It's not a particular techie city, Um, about 90,000 people. Uh, I was able to onboard 18 businesses. Um, to, to Oshi. So they're, they're accepting Bitcoin in some capacity, issuing Bitcoin rewards. Um, and about, I would say about three months. And uh, that was just kind of proving it to myself that it could be done because I felt that if I could do it in Reading, I could do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got in touch with Kyle, uh, it became apparent that I needed to move to Austin and take this thing to Austin and see what it could do. Um, in less than a week, we... We currently, at this stage, we have nine businesses that are in the process of onboarding that are fully committed uh, just on Rainy Street alone. Uh, so in less than a week, nine businesses that are, you know, essentially, in my opinion, they're on the path to a Bitcoin standard. Right. Um, one business at a time, maybe 1% allocation at a time. Um, so that that's kind of, that's kind of the backstory there. Sure. Um, so we're in Austin now. In six months, I'm expecting dozens, dozens, possibly up to 100 businesses in Austin, maybe more. I have no idea. Sure. Accepting Bitcoin because this, these 10 businesses that I, that, that, or sorry, these nine businesses that are in the process of onboarding now, I think people would be really surprised just how easy it is to get these businesses on board with Bitcoin. They sure. would, they would be thoroughly surprised. And, uh, you know, we can kind of maybe get into a little more of the, a little more of the ethos of Oshi later, or uh, maybe the, the different the different processes on how it works. But sure. built into the Oshi cake is is a way to distribute kind of a distributed sales force um, to get businesses onboarded all over. Do you find that being in Austin is helping maybe with the learning curve a little bit as far as the vision that you really have? Is it easier to explain it? Is it a good testing ground, kind of beta test, A-B testing to what we can expect moving forward after the localization happens in Austin? In that you'll see that being able to be scaled in a lot easier way than what you guys are probably pioneering right now? Absolutely. The the energy from some of these business owners when it comes to Bitcoin is out of this world. Night and day difference generally than what I experienced in Reading. Like the people in Reading are awesome, but the people in, in, in Austin have already kind of grokked the Bitcoin generally. I mean, I've talked to so many owners that are like, yeah, we have Bitcoin. We love Bitcoin. We'd love to accept Bitcoin. We'd love to reward our customers in Bitcoin. 
let's do it. You walk in, you give them the brief pitch and they're like already on board. I don't have to sell them on anything. <laughs> and that is night and day difference. And that makes me really excited because what I see on the ground, going door to door, business to business, things that very few people are actually doing, but it's also because they don't have the tool that I have to, right. to do it, right? What I am seeing is eye-opening. I am seeing businesses being completely okay with accepting Bitcoin, keeping it in Bitcoin even. Like just, yeah, sure, we'll just keep it in Bitcoin. Like we don't need to convert it to dollars. We Some businesses do, some don't. But I'm telling you what I'm seeing on the ground right now, it, it's gonna blow everyone away. Bitcoin <laughs> is not some some nascent thing to these small business owners, you know? It, it, it's becoming more apparent to them that it can help them and it will help them and they are interested. They just are waiting for the tool to get involved in a meaningful way. They're waiting for the people to stop talking about it and start doing something about it, providing products and services for them. And as that infrastructure lightning is building up, you have all these different lightning services providers that can provide them with, with the nodes and, and, the, and the lightning channels and you know, Strike can provide services to to get customers to easily pay in bitcoin and so on and i'm expecting more products you know in that regards in the future this thing is going to take off i don't think anyone's ready for it no i don't think they are either and it reminds me of basically that startup company that i was with uh and just to kind of compare i hate to compare but to to be able to do an association here you know we what we did it was allow you to trade from your computer to the ecns and wall street okay it, it had never been done before and you talk about people not even knowing how to talk about it but craving it deep within they just mm-hmm. didn't have the understanding of the utility that needed to be built to be able to make that transaction of saying hey i want to buy 500 shares of apple at five bucks you know right. there that was like winning the lottery back then and, hey i can be my own trader so it was very empowering but what we had to do was basically in the beginning had to educate we had to basically paint the picture we had to make the utility something that they were craving deep in, but like you said, they've been waiting for somebody to approach them with. And it's not something that, you know, you and I do it here on the podcast, but it's actually putting your damn boots on the ground, going up to them and talking to them right. and, and telling them, I understand your business model. I understand what you're going through and I understand the inflation. I understand, you know, taxes, everything that these business owners have to balance every day and you guys start a flow with that conversation and that's what's exciting about it is because you become basically the same conversation and you build those two energies together that have been missing each other i think that's where we are with bitcoin i think that's where we are with the utility being built on top of the protocol and that's why i'm freaking excited as well and that's why i was so pumped to meet you and after talking to kyle i said man, I think I'm onto something. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. talk. I'm gonna have to talk to this Michael guy. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so glad we connected. I'm so yeah. glad we connected. Um, cause what you're working on, you know, it's, it's incredibly necessary and it's something that's been on my mind quite a bit <laughs> right. for a while as well. Yeah. As far as the, the Texas beef initiative, you know, it, it is something that's very, it's very raw and early. What it is more is a signal you always have to send out a signal first and you kind of have to let it, the echo come back. And, you know, that's what we're doing and we've been doing, but you know, the feedback that I'm getting is, is amazing. Um, The one thing that, you know, 
is going to be probably the most difficult is get you and I were talking before and we were talking about, you know, anything that's advertised a lot is very bad for you. <laughs> right, right. And, but everybody out there that's listening to this, pretty sure, you know, with the numbers, uh, percentages, they want to know how to source basically pure protein, which means probably grass fed beef or just good beef. Right. Something that you can get. You're just got from California and you were talking about, you know, I, I want to do this. I just don't know how to, how to approach it. And right. it, why should it be that hard? Well, it shouldn't, <laughs> you know, right. it really should be the easiest thing that we do, especially the way that we're living. I mean, you, you know, we're talking about living in our van and kind of being a digital nomad, and, you know, for lack of better words, mm-hmm. you know, we should be able to, as men, as women, as sovereign individuals, be able to get on our smartphone basically and source some beef. And we should be able to have an application. If it's not sourcing beef, it's going down to Rainy Street into uh, basically, I don't know, maybe a restaurant down there or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And having the, all of that utility that is cohesive from anything that you're pursuing in life is that it has got some purity to it. It shouldn't be as hard as it is, but our society and our centralized infrastructure makes it that way to where you have to battle and you have to go through so many walled gardens of monetary, you know, systems of nutrition systems, regulations, all of the above. And that's what people that are just getting into Bitcoin do not understand that they don't have to battle anymore. So, right. you know, what you and I are doing is is so much symbiotic in so many ways. And now it's, you know, going to be your responsibility. My responsibility is to is to really paint that clearer path that people can understand, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the trail is being blazed. Right. People are starting to follow it and they're getting excited about it. Like it's happening. It's happening right here on Rainy Street in Austin. Right. And, and I think this is how it starts. We just have to show people the way. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to touch a little bit on what, what you were talking about, about sure. like these walled garden platforms, you know, yeah. um, I guess I could get into a little bit more like the deeper yeah, let's do root it. problems that I see in terms of commerce and online yeah, let's, commerce. Yeah. Let's dissect that a little bit. Cause I read your ethos and that's, it's a good point to bring up for sure. You know, I something I call it the e-commerce paradox. Like about eighty-five percent of retail commerce is done in store, whether that's cash or card. Um, so on, only fifteen percent is done online. Even though we see an Amazon package on everyone's doorstep, we go to any website, buy anything we want. By and large, like the overwhelming majority of commerce is still done by somebody like walking into the store and swiping their card or, you know, handing them cash, right? Which is few and far between these days, which is exactly why we need to return to a digital cash. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but what that does is, you know, if, if these major companies, you know, your, your Amazon's, you know, Best Buy, whatever, big box stores, Mm -hmm. Um, eBay's and so on. And and they do have some individual sellers on there as well. But overall, I mean, they dominate the e-commerce space, absolutely dominate it. So whenever we're talking about small businesses actually utilizing e-commerce in a meaningful way, like they just don't generally Mm -hmm. speaking, I mean, in terms of the the sales, 
like it's, I think it's a $6 trillion market. I mean, online sales for small businesses are a tiny fraction. We, we could be easily less than 5% of total e-commerce sales, like of that 15%. So how can we get them involved in a meaningful way? Because e-commerce, and even like at the local level, even if it's somebody buying something before they get to the store and then going to pick it up, like that connection digitally to your customer and that consumer volition that you're able to tap into, where if they see something of, of quality that they want to purchase from a local business online, you know, generally speaking, that's not, that's not fully there. Or if it is, it's not very feasible for small businesses because payment processing costs are really expensive. They're, they're more expensive online than in store. So if I were to swipe my card in store, it's 2.6% plus 10 cents. If I, if I, type in my card online, it's 2.9% plus 30 cents. So just as an example, I like to give you, if we're talking about a cup of coffee, a $3 cup of coffee from a local coffee shop, an Americano, if you swipe your card in store, it's going to cost 5.6%, which is a pretty hefty, that 10 cents really eats into the profit margin. If you were to buy that cup of coffee online and go pick it up in store, while that business maybe had a more direct connection to you online to market to you, and sell mm-hmm. from you, you know, sell to you to the same platform. It's going to cost them nearly 13% because that 30 cent fee just, it, it, that's an additional basically 10% fee on $3. Wow. So, so I don't think the way the system is at, at this stage, you know, all of the financial intermediaries, payment processors, and, um, I don't think it's very hospitable to small local e-commerce like the world, I don't think we've even seen the e-commerce revolution yet. It's not even here. It's, you're only able to participate in it if maybe you have larger economies of scale or, or you know, certainly if you don't have any sort of um, you know, brick and mortar business or that's not your main business. Like If you have an online store and you're selling globally, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you have a brick and mortar location and you're selling locally, why would you sell online if the customer is going to come and pick it up anyway in store? Right. But my thing is, what if you could? And using Lightning, what if it's cheaper? What if it's cheaper for you to sell online for the first time ever? What if the gravity of this like payment processing space is completely reversed? What would that look like? What would businesses need? How would they view commerce? How would they want to reach their customers? And more importantly, how would their customers want to interact with them in a new way? You know, sure, they can go on their website or, you know, buy something off there. But like, what other ways can we interface with these small businesses as customers and interface with our customers as businesses? that can transform e-commerce. And I think Bitcoin and specifically Lightning Network kickstarts this local e-commerce revolution that saves businesses money and incentivizes customers in new ways. Like that, that's just the way I see it. I, I just don't see it any other way at this stage. You know, what I'm, what I'm seeing now, um, I think it's gonna be huge. And you know, it's, it's just this weird thing that no one's really talking about yet. <laughs> Well, you no, know, I, I I like how you frame that and how you explain that. You're you're exactly right. What popped in in my head is that the small business they're they're trying to be snuffed out. Basically, we know that forty percent of small businesses probably won't come back after this last two years of the COVID narrative. So right. the, this is being done on purpose. The, you know, big business always crushes small business. It is competition. Competition. And you, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever you want to call it, it's not conspiracy. Yeah. Whatever. It's capitalism. Maybe. Right. 
capitalism gone awry, but right. what this does, it actually truly does leverage the small business actually over, you know, the big e-commerce system that we're going on. And I like that you brought that up because most people, whenever I remember when Amazon came out, right. Nobody really would even use a credit card online. You know, they weren't, right. you know, Amazon damn near failed because right. everybody didn't trust, you know, the, the basically, uh the monetary exchange system that existed and how many different layers had to be built to mm-hmm. be able to accept payment online took years. Mm-hmm. People did not understand the adoption period that that took. And all of these companies, you know, you couldn't buy a pair of shoes. Nobody wanted to buy a pair of shoes. You know, they were going to get their credit cards information stolen. Right. You know, all <laughs> this kind of stuff was, you know, just rampant all the time. And, you know, it's based on a lot of ignorance, a lot of, you know, this is, hasn't been done before. But what I see with what you're, you're accomplishing, the adoption period is lightning fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. it's going to be so much easier, man. And people already understand and POS systems, you know, point of service systems to where mm-hmm. this type of system that you're bringing to the table is so much easier to explain to onboard. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you go to a restaurant and they buy a new POS system. It takes them a week to train. Right. They could think about that. You'll be able to train somebody in an hour probably. Right. Yeah. I can get, I've gotten some businesses onboarded in less than 15 minutes. Boom, and they're like, so right do there. I need any new special hardware? No, just a cell phone. I mean, the POS is being dematerialized. You know, I'm yeah. not trying to, as Oshi, I'm not trying to be a POS. Like I'm just, exactly. I'm using lightning as the, there you <laughs> know, POS. Now, sure they can keep their POS to do all their inventory stuff, you know, but, but you know, it's, it's nine day difference. And once I, you know, I, I sell this product, you know, without even getting into the nitty gritty of like, look, every single time your customers swipe their card here, that's at least 2.6% plus some sense that it's just floating away out of your economy. You can just picture just floating away to wall street. It's just <laughs> floating away. And what happens is ultimately, you know, that goes to different financial institutions, financial intermediaries, payment processors, they, they all get their little cut, but ultimately, you know, in, in my opinion, that is not the direction we want that money to go. Like we would much rather keep it local, like the cash days, you know, you pay somebody $5 in cash, sure. You know, the business is going to report some taxes and so on, but like at least the transaction itself didn't send money to yep. basically the different institutions that may or may not be kind of in bed with your, with, with your competition as a small business, you know, the big corporations that are, that through capitalism, like they're going to compete with you. Like they're, they're trying, like, you know, maybe there's no, there's no ill will from the corporations necessarily, but like, they are trying to drown you out. Like that's capitalism. They want to win. Like, and so why do we need to give them that helping hand? So before, you know, lightning and Bitcoin payment processors provided a valuable service for us to interface with the digital world and send our financial ones and zeros over the internet. Right. So we could pay for things online and so on. And everybody started using the cards and they got all the cash back rewards. And like, you know, it just, it was, it was humming, you know, sure. but lightning now does that instantly and you're free. So everything they were doing that was kind of this symbiotic mutualistic relationship, in my opinion, is now entirely parasitic. And what if we could stop sending a lot of our community wealth away from the community and keep it within the community? I mean, like, and, and, you know, these community banks are dying. 
You know, yeah. I mean, community banks have been dying for a long time and they are typically the ones that are providing all of these lending services to the small businesses that are investing in their community, whether it be again, just through loans or, or even philanthropy. So yeah, I think it was in 2008, 85% of the banks that failed had less than a billion dollars in assets. You are like, correct. That, that's a big number. Um, and then of the ones that survived, many of them were just acquired by the major banks. You know, and, and additionally, it's something like 60% of the small business lending is done by just 14% of, of the banks. And it's typically just those little community banks. Whereas, right. you know, the major corporations, the major banks, while they have the entire market share, a major share of the market, they just do a tiny fraction of that lending to small businesses. So is it any wonder that, you know, the, 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 the backbone of America, right? The small businesses, you know, the people that are, that are taking risk on behalf of their, of their fellow man to provide value, you know, is it any wonder we have no backbone anymore? It seems like we have less and less of a spine every day. It's like, it, it, it's dying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's being uh, strategically killed in ways that a lot of people don't know how to talk about really, you know, they kind of sense it and everything. And that's, that's definitely a good way to, you know, explain it right there. You know, uh, banks under a billion dollars in my, where I'm at right now, there's a community bank that just sold out to a big centralized bank for over a billion dollars. That's wow. going to start happening. So, you know, the banking is about to change. We know why. I mean, we know right. what's going on with the dollar, with everything, we're Bitcoiners. We understand all that. So, right. you know, taking that two point whatever percent and keeping it locally, people go, oh, whatever. No, that's big. It's bigger. It's, huge. It, it's bigger than anybody really realizes. Yeah. And, uh, and just while we're on that real quick, I just want sure. to throw one more thing that I, that was kind of brought to my attention recently by, uh, by, by uh, Jose at, at Ibex. He was, he was explaining to me, he was like, you know, let's say it's more than just 2.6% if we're talking about you know, like in profit terms, like net profits. I mean, uh -huh. if you're a business and you sell something for a hundred dollars and that, that online and that gets you, that's a 3% processing fee. Um, you know, if your profit margin is 10%, so you sell something for a hundred bucks, you got 10 bucks, you know, but if, but if you're, processing fee is three dollars three percent of a hundred right like that cut into your profits like dramatically what if you could say hey hey like your net profit here was seven bucks like let's make it ten like it let's increase your profit margin your 45 percent you know imagine if a lot of these small businesses could 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 have 30 40 50 percent higher profits like net profits Right. That's insane. Well, it's more than just 3%, right? It's like, it's yeah. insane. It's and it, yeah, that adds up. And one good uh, way to look at it as well is not only could they have like, you know, maybe that $10 profit. Well, you want to talk about competition. Well, that's how you compete with the big corporations that do in volume. Well, I'm going to compete with this guy and I'm going to give it to him today and it's going to be local. So screw right. you, you know, and, um, that's that's what I'm seeing in the beef industry, and I'm going to try to paint a picture here it, because it is a good way to segue into what yeah. I'm seeing in the beef industry. Okay, you've got these uh, type of farms, and I won't say who they are yet because a lot of them are still want to be anonymous because they don't want to get a lot of attention. But there's a guy that he sells wholesale and he sells retail. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. And so beef supply definitely got hit the last two years because of uh, processing and supply and everything. It was a manipulation of the markets. Well, he, he, he has a lot of big wholesale clients. One of them is Whole Foods, okay? So he wholesales to Whole Foods, but then he sells to his local community retail. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, guess what? Since he is a local provider and he basically leverages his pure protein and his product in a way to where he's not a slave to the big wholesale market. You know who the first people he quit selling his wholesale beef to or his beef to was the wholesale market. He basically leveraged it to where he could sell to the retail local community and he kept his local community nice and strong. Okay, now let's bring in everything that you just said. (laughs) And if he's making that type of money off of, uh, you know, his, his type of wholesale, you talk about leverage to say, okay, we're not gonna mess with the beef industry because these guys are gonna cut us off. And we are a wholesale corporate provider we can't mess with this beef industry like we're trying to mess with it because they have more leverage than we saw coming because they're using this new type of system that is basically saving them more money than we <laughs> that they were saving. Right. I don't know. That's an angle that I see. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? I right. mean, why would you not use something that's going to save you money and you can also hold some of that Bitcoin too. And it just might be the thing that, that, that really makes you happy here. Yeah. (laughs) The long run keeps keeps you going. It's always going to make you happy. Probably, you know, if you're smart, if you, if you know how to DCA and stack and sacks and, you know, retail is DCA and right. That's right. So, you know, these guys don't understand. and, And that's, what's so cool about this whole system. It doesn't have to be a centralized legacy marketing plan, man. This is a local, thing mm-hmm. that local community builds word of mouth boots on the ground mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's just there it just right. exists it's just hey you didn't know i had this freaking tool in this toolbox now did you right so. <laughs> exactly and you know people are wanting to use these tools yeah, imagine like myself i love bitcoin so much like i'm so far down i, I i've learned so much through bitcoin and all different topics, whether it be like regenerative agriculture, you know, like ranching, you know, I was reading ranching books. I came to that path through Bitcoin. Like I found it through Bitcoin and then all roads lead to Bitcoin, you know? Yeah, it really does. (laughs) Yeah. And then improving that case of Bitcoin, like you try all these different other avenues, you know, your, your economics, you know, Mm -hmm. everything. So, so yeah, I mean, putting a tool in the hands of people like me and people like you, that make it practical for people to use it. That is powerful. You know, we almost look like metaphorically, it's like we're raising an army here. <laughs> like we're, we're well, taking we the are. passion of these people mm-hmm. and we're bringing them together and we're saying, go to your community and yeah. like teach people why Bitcoin is so amazing and give them something where they can actually use it in a meaningful way. Like, and, and yeah, it's, it's going to be wild because if there's one thing I've learned about Bitcoiners is that like, we are a passionate bunch. Oh and yeah. I, like they'll, they'll, they'll do this for free, but imagine if they could get paid for doing it too. Like it's, it's going to be crazy. Well, I think and that's a great point. I think the reason a lot of us haven't done it more, and I, I hope this is the fact 
that will play out is that we didn't we didn't have the tools and right. we have the jargon we have the bullshit right <laughs> we have the thousand hours of dang it we have all this knowledge and content in our freaking brains but we don't know how to really go out there and talk about it that has a useful utility tool that we can you know use as a screwdriver or a hammer or a saw or whatever it is right but i think we're there and uh i think that you're right i think the community is going to really and this is going to do a great segue. It's going to really adopt it and saying, how can I help? How can I do this? I live out here in Bernie, Texas. How can I go talk to this beef guy? Or how can I go talk to this restaurant? They That's have a right. lot of tourists that come out to the hill country. You know, I want to get this people from Austin going to Bernie to eat the restaurant because they're doing this type of payment system mm-hmm. plus the product, of course. Right. But if let's, let's look at it. Cause I'm going to have to answer this question and you're going to help me answer the question i'm gonna let you lead it though all right here i am texas beef initiative i'm Mm -hmm. spreading the beef initiative across the state of texas because i don't want everybody eating localized grass-fed beef or Mm -hmm. good beef basically Mm -hmm. how are we going to get everybody all the bitcoiners involved in this what is going to be our responsibility to basically you know go out there and soldier on with you and for you and what you've built what what are our marching orders as being clients with you, customers of you, uh, comrades with you, whatever you want to call it? How are we going to do this? And are we speaking to to people? You said that they're looking for beef. Yeah. How about animal right. protein? Somebody right. that because my producer he does chicken, he does fowl, he does lamb, he does uh, right. beef, and he does pork. So he does it all. So anybody that's doing that type of setup and it could even be produce. Let's bring right. in the, let's bring in the vegetable guys. Yeah. Hey, bring, bring them all. Yeah. Let's yeah. bring in all the organics and let's bring in the pure, you know, rock solid, uh, you know, steak eaters, beef eaters, all of the above. Anybody that's got purity of nutrition in their heart. And that's what they're craving to be the rest of their lives. How are we going to do this? Yeah. So, you know, with, with the Texas beef initiative, we're going to aggregate, as many ranchers as we can, right. right? We're going to put them on a platform that's easy to use where people can easily find their products mm-hmm. and customers can easily purchase that beef. You know, Bitcoiners are, they love their meat, right? Uh, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, <laughs> almost like funny, like gimmicky at this point, but like there are a lot of carnivores uh, in Bitcoin, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, myself, I'm kind of like an on and off carnivore as well. <laughs> you know, right. so I can just speak for myself. Like if I had easy access to purchase locally, you know, grass fed and finished or grass fed grain finished, like you said, just good beef, whatever it may be. Sure. If I had a single place where I could just buy that from instantly and knowing that I'm keeping it local, I would use it. I mean, without a thought, without a thought, I want to be the first customer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And in the, in the time you can save, you know, and that's, that's going to be, of course, you know, that's how we onboarding is always the most difficult or time consuming or uh, active patience and fortitude. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what we're going to have to do. And then, you know, that's what I've, I've stated from day one, you know, I'm going to put the boots on the ground mm-hmm. and what I'm going to do as well is I'm going to let all the Bitcoiners kind of come through me and say, you know, help me out. You're out there in Houston, you know, you're out there in San Antonio, Right. You're in Dallas, you know, you're down in Lubbock, you know, let's, right. let's all work together. This is how we're going to present. 
and this is how we're going to basically get these guys onboarded. And I, and I think by doing that, making it a collective community effort like that, because, you know, I'm doing all this, you know, by myself right now, and that's just impossible, but you know, right. I'm, make, I'm making really good headway. Right. But I think your utility that you've, you're bringing to the table, that's going to really just shine a light on everybody saying, hell yeah, because they're going to go like, uh, let's say somebody in, uh, in Dallas and mm-hmm. they, they contact me cause I've had a lot of people from Dallas and I've been talking to a, a rancher out there. It's the two S ranch. Um, and, uh, they're really good people. They've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. They're doing their regenerative. They're, they're doing the grass fed. They already have an online system to where you can source your beef. They'll right. mail it to anybody in the United States. It's awesome. Well, you know, now somebody can go from Dallas, take a little day trip. It out, it's out towards Mineral Wells, it was 40, 50 miles away from DFW. And they can go talk to him and say, hey, you know, this is the Texas Beef Initiative. You know, Slim. And, you know, we want to, from here on out, buy your beef on this type of Oshi Lightning Bitcoin network. Right. You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, hell yeah. Yeah. He's going to. Right. And you know what? It's going to take 15 minutes to make him understand that. That's right. And these Bitcoiners go, hell yeah, I want to teach somebody. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I'll get into I want to go teach somebody. That's, you know. Absolutely. So let me get into that. So we have something, you know, whenever you have a monetary network where you can send even like fractions of a cent to people over that network Mm -hmm. near, near free and instant, you can do some really cool things. Sure. Um, so we, we do have a program, we call it the Oshi evangelist program because you know, I consider myself a Bitcoin evangelist. Like I'm maybe, maybe a Bitcoin zealot even, you know, like, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? And, uh, you know, we have something called the Bitcoin evangelist program. It's basically just an affiliate affiliate program. So in terms of boots on the ground, like you were saying, I mean, we're trying to basically weaponize Bitcoin evangelism. And again, I, I don't mean that in some violent way, like sure. we, what we are doing is we're putting tools in the hands of people to spread Bitcoin in their community. And, you know, one of those tools is, like I said, providing the easy onboarding experience for the, for the businesses, providing a way to pitch it to the businesses. Um, but for the people who do actually get the businesses onboarded, they'll be receiving a commission from the business they've onboarded, say like from the rancher they've onboarded, uh, from their friend or family member. They say, hey, we got locally, you know, sourced beef or, or any protein right here. And since this person onboarded that business, and they onboarded their family, they're going to receive a small commission off of both. So it now turns the community into somebody who's, who's, who's going to be, you know, marketing on behalf of all of these ranchers. They're going to be going out there because they have a financial incentive. These ranchers are now tapping in to a commission, like kind of affiliate program in their community to where they really haven't had that. I mean, you can implement different affiliate programs into your product offerings, but you know, it's just not quite, it's not quite the same. And because settlement is final, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe somebody doesn't want to, you know, buy some cow or maybe a rancher doesn't want to sell, you know, a quarter cow, pretty, pretty good amount of money for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's always the risk of chargebacks normally. I mean, sure. that, that is a risk unless they're paying cash. Otherwise there's a risk of chargebacks that you don't want to go and send somebody commission for getting them to buy that cow only to, get scammed because the person that actually bought it is just going to be charging it back anyway. Right. You know, so they get your cow, they get your money. And then 
the bank penalizes you on top of that for the chargeback. Right. So with Lightning, settlement is final. Um, it's instant. It's near free, and we're able to distribute these different rewards and commissions to people in your community mm-hmm. that are basically boots on the ground for your ranch, for your business, you know, for your community, spreading this this ethos, spreading right. Bitcoin, and getting paid to do it. So yeah. instead of sending that money to Wall Street, instead of sending the processing fees away out of your economy. Mm-hmm. We're just putting them right back in to the people who are actively on the ground, building your economy up towards a Bitcoin standard. And that's, that's something that we haven't even, we haven't even, it's, it's available right now. Sure. We haven't even unleashed it yet. Like, no, not at all. This is like you said, you're, it's just you right now and your boots on the ground and talking with these ranchers and same with me, like it's me and it's a very small number of people and growing every day boots on the ground, onboarding these businesses, you, you could take this thing all nationwide. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's what we hope to do, that it, you know, it does scale. Uh, you know, I'm doing Texas beef because Texas beef is Texas beef. That's you know, right. Come on, right? That's right. So I think it's a good product, and it's a good tradition and heritage. Um, you you made me just think of something. You know, we, we talk about – I talk about boots on the ground all the time. Um, you know, think about that. Think about the lifestyle change that you can do by basically onboarding these guys, these ranches. These ranches want people to come out and visit them. They want to meet you. If you're not looking your butcher or your supplier in the eye, then you're buying the wrong product. Right. That's that's my thing. So what do you do? You're 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 a guy in Dallas. You work nine to five. You do all the crap that nine to five guys do, and you're trying to get out of it. You're a bitcoiner. You're yeah. looking for a way out of life. You don't want to watch any more damn Netflix. Right. That's <laughs> you're right. T- you're tired of drinking too much beer and eating pizza pockets. So you find this little Oshi thing. It's a little Oshi. <laughs> you right. find this guy called Texas Slim, and you know he's he's got this thing called Texas a beef initiative. Well, you've right. never even been out in the damn country. You're always looking at concrete all the time. Well, I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to Saturday, I'm going to get up. I'm going to have cool coffee. I'm going to have some great coffee that I bought locally when I paid with my OSHAP. And I'm going to go buy me a damn quarter of a cow. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go meet my supplier. And guess what? I'm going to basically, I hate the word affiliate, but I'm going to get tipped. <laughs> I'm going to be somebody that actually gets to educate somebody. I'm going to go visit another small town that used to be actually a pretty hopping big town back in the day. And it has some tradition and it some, has some culture. I'm going to get pure protein. I'm going to have food security. My life is about to get stronger. I'm going to feel empowered. It just, it's unlimited. And you can do that with the Texas beef initiative, or you can walk right down sixth street down to rainy street and boom, you're doing the same thing. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the product. I'm partial. You're not partial. (laughs) Well, you're partial to Oshi, but you're part, you want everybody to use it. But with me, it's beef and, you know, animal protein, but people need to understand this can be done with everything and it's not going to be done at freaking target. It's not going to be done at Walmart. And that, what is that? That's a lifestyle change right there. Cause it's going to make you pursue these localized businesses that you need to get your ass into anyways and start doing something about it. Well, guess what? You got a tool belt. Now you got some tools. And so everybody can get off Twitter for a couple of hours. That's right. (laughs) That's right. 
and they can go and do something. They can have a lifestyle change. This is a pivot point. This is how we use our leverage in the fulcrum. And this is how we start changing the world. And, you know, that's what I'm very excited about. It's, it's really exciting. You know, like you said, businesses can leverage it. Yes. Consumers can leverage it. Consumers can become more savvy. You know, they're not just getting hit with ads from big box stores. Yeah. Businesses are now leveraging these tools that they have. Yes. Participating in e-commerce in a more meaningful way. Um, and, and they can hit their customers, the local customers with, with ads that are just mm-hmm. as effective. <laughs> like, you know, so. Well, that's what people need to understand about Bitcoin. We're all business partners with each other. That's right. what people don't understand about this as far as going down a little bit deeper with Bitcoin. We're not business partners with the bank. We're not business partners with Wall Street. We're not business partners with the Fed. Right. Um, you know, in that kind of scenario, we're slaves to them. Right. When we go into a local business down there in Austin, Texas, or I go out to a, a basically my producer out here in the panhandle of Texas, guess what? We're business partners in a way that's never been done. And we have the responsibility to be basically disciples on this shit and to, and to really start, you know, taking action. And I'm, that's why I was kind of, I'm not, I wasn't frustrated. I was just like, I need to get this thing going. I know how I'm going to do it. But, you know, after meeting you and everything that we've been talking about and what we're about to talk about, because everybody's hearing this on Friday, but we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, guys. But uh, we're going to have a great meeting on Thursday. You're already going to announce a lot of things on Thursday, which is going to be awesome. And then uh, I'll be on Marty's show on Friday. So, you know, things are about to start happening. I think this is going to be a very big pivotal week uh, going into, you know, going into 2022 and really having some momentum. I think the timing is perfect. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, you know, people can look to Austin and, you know, the Texas beef initiative and rainy street as maybe the start of a, of a little Bitcoin standard. I think so. The start of a Bitcoin standard and we can provide an example to the rest of the country because I'm not going to stop until every single business is accepting Bitcoin (laughs) in some capacity and issuing Bitcoin rewards to their customer. You're damn right. We want want every single business to become like a modern day Bitcoin faucet. Long ago, before Bitcoin was, you know, as big as it was now, there were websites you could go on to and you could just put in your Bitcoin address and they would just like send you like five Bitcoin because it was, you know, not worth much. And they wanted to distribute the Bitcoin to the network. Cause they, Hey, tinker with it, play with it. Let us know what you think. And so on. Right. Yeah. The people who were mining it at that time, the cypherpunks, they, they, they just wanted more people to, to check it out at this time. Now people know about it, Yeah. but I want businesses to start accepting it and distributing sats to their community. The, the small businesses of America are going to become the modern day Bitcoin faucets. Yeah. Just, just open the tap and just give some sats to your community instead of giving it to the banks. Exactly. So give some Satoshis, give some sats, right. For the, for the listeners that might not, might not be familiar. Um, and that's, that's going to be powerful. And again, like, I don't think people are ready for what's coming. No, they're not. And you, you, you bring up a good point. Yeah, I, I did a, I had to do a pretty good scrape the other day of the internet. There's 248,000 farmers and ranchers oh my listed in the state of Texas alone. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we got 1% going? Yeah. That, would, that would change the whole beef industry in ways that's never been done. 
That's right. And what if, you know, people could pre-order this beef? There you, you go. Know, like that's what most people do actually. They yeah, have so, to pre-order. Yeah. And then I imagine if you pre-order it, it'd probably be a little cheaper, I presume. I, I don't know. Like I'm it not, is. As it a, is. You know, so it, it would be cheaper. Like there's a discount associated there. Like people could earn Bitcoin back if they wanted. But also it helps the 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 producers, mm-hmm. you know, the suppliers to actually maybe better manage like their supply chain. Like, well, all right, we yeah. got like all these pre-orders, right? So, well, what's going on right now? Most people are sold out, you know, livestock goes in stages right now. Everybody's pretty much sold out. It's, okay. it's the end of the year. Uh, now it's cat, you know, there, you have calving season, you have branding, you have all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, most people um, are ordering for February. So they order now they'll, they'll get their cow in February. And so it's perfect for that because if they have, think about this, if they, if they sell today, okay, it's it, today is November 2nd, they mm-hmm. sell today and they, let's say that some guy buys a half a cow, say around $1,500. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he, he pays for $1,500. Let's look, let's come back in February because we will, we'll be talking a lot. Let's come back in February and we'll know the price today of, you know, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And if he accepted Bitcoin at, you know, $1,500 on November 2nd, 2021, what is it going to be on February 2nd, 2022? That's now right. let, let's reflect on <laughs> February 2nd, 2022. And I guarantee you, we're going to be, um, we're going to be smiling because that, that $1,500 cow just became, I don't know, we're going to find out, right? That's right. I, you know, I typically don't even have to get into this much with business owners, but I say, look, the cost of your electricity is going up. The cost of your rent is going up. You know, everything is going up. The value of your money is going down. Exactly. Wouldn't it be nice to hold a little Bitcoin? Maybe even if it's just 1% of every transaction at a time. Sure, sure. Start somewhere. Wouldn't it be nice to hold something that goes up with it? Not only with it, but way faster. (laughs) The purchasing power of Bitcoin is increasing when the purchasing power of the dollar is going down. It's like just towards zero. It's trending to zero. Yep. 1% at a time. Let's get every business 1% into Bitcoin. And then as the network grows, the network effects spread, let's get them into two and then to five and then to 10. And, and before you know it, we have a Bitcoin standard. We have a Bitcoin standard and it does, it starts with 1%, 1% of the, of the businesses, 1% of the Bitcoiners, 1% right. of your allocation of into Bitcoin. That's all it mm-hmm. takes. That's all you know, it, it really is. It, you know, I always bring up the revolution of the United States. It was only 3% of the people that participated. Exactly. You know, that's why you have the biker game, the 3% or the 1%. So right. are you going to be the 1% or are you going to be the 3% Bitcoiners, right. plebs? You better get, get off your ass and go get some yeah, meat. Get working. <laughs> I know you guys want to get out there and spread Bitcoin in your community. Get to it. Like, let's, let's go. go. It's time. This, yeah, and all you guys are listening to this on Friday night. So everybody, get motivated, get off your ass. We're going to continue the conversation um, moving forward really soon. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, Michael. It's been a pleasure meeting you and everything. Let's leave it there, and uh, we're going to come back in a couple of weeks and talk again. Awesome. Sounds great, Slim. Looking right. forward to it. Thanks for having me. Hey, I appreciate you, and uh, you know. Let's do this, okay? Yeah, let's go.